Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the sometimes weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at deconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We are not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as mostly, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. We are here. This is episode 39 on November 30th. Yeah, this past couple of weeks has been interesting with recording just all over the place. And I think we'll have a couple of weeks of regular, and then we'll be into Christmas and New Year. So who yep. knows what will happen? Surprises. Right. Yeah. No, we, we were just talking. Neither Andrew or I have done an entire full episode in like three weeks. And then, of course, we had Thanksgiving in there as well, where we took a break for extra family time. But let's... um. Let's jump in. Oh, wait, big news. Big news. Uh, Jackie had her baby last night at eight o'clock. Yeah. I believe she was just slacking us all, as all good new moms do. You know, they hop back on their internal (laughs) company chat and uh, share pictures. But um, yeah, eight o'clock. Baby winter is six pounds, 10 ounces. And uh, they must have used some kind of cheat code because labor on their first child was only uh, four and a half hours. Yeah, that is a cheat code. Yeah. Our first was. um, it was like 19. Of course, I was just there suffering <laughs> in silence. In the really <laughs> uncomfortable chair. No, no, no. Wait, let's be real. There is suffering for the other side. The uncomfortable chair, the bad food, the, bad the food. slow Wi-Fi, right? There's lots yeah. of it. No, I'm just kidding. There's... <laughs> Not quite the same. But yeah, the first, I was like, what? Four and a half hours? This is crazy. Awesome. Good for you. Andrew, you have some also big, but slightly less. Well, no, it's still big news. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. Human it, but... over home every day of the week. But yeah, we're building we're building a home down this way. What? We contract this morning. Uh, Lindsay, my wife, she's wired the deposit about 45 minutes ago. So yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It like literally just happened. Like nice. Just happened. Yeah. It's been an interesting experience so far. You're officially in. Um, engaged we are engaged i'm like i'm so excited and eight months seven months six months later is when it you know comes to fruition mm-hmm. but we uh yeah we have a couple weeks to get into the design studio get that done um per the contract we have until december 21st is our, our cutoff date to get everything picked out and yeah we are we're pumped yeah we opted towards new after over thanksgiving with our realtor we looked at quite a few existing homes over where we're at and we just got maybe more me more so than my wife just really sad i'm like oh man, these are at the higher end of our budget and they still need some attention to not be, you know, it's a 50 year old home base for the most, mm-hmm. most part. Some have been moderately updated, but they're still 20 years old on the, on the remodel. I'm like, Oh man, this is not exciting. And then it's eight foot ceilings. Some are a little bit taller, but it's just an old. Yeah. Old I mean, plan. you can change some of those things out of yeah. course, but the, the ceiling height is one of those things where you're just like, mm, you're not, it's not getting taller. Yep. And then the a square, whole lot of pain. Yeah. And then the square footage just isn't there for the same price, if not more. Cause it's uh you know, we'd be went down a little bit on the location. We're now like in a B instead of a triple A or whatever you want to call it. Um, but now the home is the triple A, which we're like, well, we're there all the time. I'll be working from mm-hmm. home. So yeah, it's been, been exciting. Interesting, very interesting experience. I don't want to talk badly about anything, but it's it's been it was no, shocking. it's a learning opportunity. This is the second oh, part yeah. of your Jedi trials um that, that we're intentionally putting you through a do you convert. So the first was we'll talk about this on the next episode that we don't have a guest when we have more more time, but Andrew embedded himself for two and a half days with a home builder uh, in the Midwest. And so that was yep. trial number one, right? That was getting, awesome. mm-hmm. getting full exposure to what awesomeness a sales meeting is and role playing and demonstration and salespeople crying and, and homes sitting around for years without being sold and all that fun stuff. Uh, and so now the second part of that trial is building a house yourself. Building a house, yeah. And then essentially you're you know 95% of the way there to- I think so. I don't know what the next step will be. That's a secret. <laughs> oh, three. no, I'm not telling you. We can't tell Who you in knows? advance. I have 
to be a builder. Preparation I, is, yeah. Uh, one year I'll uh, be with the Sean uh, Van Dyke and BL <laughs> trades. Yes. Uh, and you center. have to build your own home or build part of a home. Exactly. <laughs> Shoot. That, that's, that's a good hint. That's a good guess. Yes. Um, I'll take it. Well, that'll be exciting. Great content for us. Appreciate that too. Oh, for yeah. sure. Any, anytime you can help us with content marketing, we appreciate it, Andrew. Yep. And I get to live somewhere. <laughs> so that's good too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. And then how about your story? You have a fun one, it looks like. Yeah, this was, it made my week. Um, those of you in the Market Proof Marketing Facebook group uh, probably saw the link and the the there's a video that went along with this news story, but a, a local builder here um, in the Ohio, Northern Kentucky area had a presale event. And I got a text from uh, the director of marketing, vice president of marketing. I said, hey, Kevin, uh, you know, your book's been great. Resources are awesome. It's been fun learning about this process from you. We have someone or a couple people who are pl- telling us they're planning to camp out multiple nights in advance in a tent to make sure they get the home site that they want in this community. And we're not really sure what to think about that. And I was like, well, that's awesome. Just, th- I mean, that there's genuine urgency there. <laughs> there there's really nothing, nothing bad. Wow. And, and this is something that is a fairly common question about like, what if people do start camping out? What if they make this long line? What do we, you know, is that a bad experience? Is that bad publicity? And I'm like, no, it's, it's fantastic. It's genuine urgency for something that can only be sold once. Mm-hmm. You can't manufacture more of them. And so that's a, that's a great thing. I said, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Then, then he sent me the next morning, a picture of a tent outside of their office and it was starting to snow. Oh no. <laughs> no. He's like, they're here. Wow. And the weather is getting bad. It's like, okay, well, there is a safety thing, right? And and uh, you don't want them to have to suffer. Um, and so I shared with them one time as a builder, we uh, it wasn't bad weather, but we brought out s'mores and made a campfire and kind of just went with the whole um, direction that things were headed naturally on their own anyway. And so what they ended up doing was opening up their office, letting people come inside, giving them air mattresses. They rented a bounce house, I think, and brought it in for the kids. They, they gave oh, them nice. food. And the other thing that I reminded them is, hey, this is a obviously fantastic PR opportunity. Make sure you're reaching out to the newspapers because, of course, a couple of weeks ago, we were still in full on the housing market is melting. Everything's going to be just like 2008 again. Mm-hmm. And so to reach out to your local press and say, hey, um, what housing meltdown, right? We got people camping out days before to, to purchase from us. So they were able to get on the local news, get some articles published. And the customers, this was, there's two really cool parts beyond the obvious of selling a whole bunch of houses and one day and, and the one was that the customers themselves, when they were interviewed, they weren't like, can you believe these jerks? They made us wait out in a tent uh, mm-hmm. to, to secure the biggest investment of our lives. They were ecstatic and happy and were talking about the family, uh, this builder as as like an extension of their family because wow. they're like, we can't believe it. They, they're bringing in food. They got a bounce house. Like my own kids want to come out and hang out with me in this line because they're making it such a good experience. <laughs> and then on the other side, when I asked about the final results, they're like, yeah, we sold, uh, I can't remember the exact number, like 12 homes over $600,000 in a single day. They're like, that was all great. The numbers nice. were awesome. That is fun. But this is what makes, gives me the goosebumps on my, on my forearm is he's like, but the bigger thing was the way that it brought the whole company together because they were they were they were all taking turns spending time with them making sure they had what they needed and so the whole office got to have this huge increase in empathy for their customers mm-hmm. and what they go through and and how big of a change this is going to be in their lives and just all kinds of um, Hallmark holiday film ending results here of just everything working out fantastically you got the sales it was just it was so cool if you haven't seen that that article and um, 
and we're going to have in a couple of weeks, uh, Carrie from, from this builder on the podcast. So you'll, you'll know who it is and where it is. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it then, but sweet. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I saw that. That is super exciting to, uh, to see that. And the price point too, like it was mid to higher price point and people mm-hmm. are still camping out. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. No, it was. And, and it, the biggest thing to me as a, as a coach or mentor on this kind of stuff is the thing that everyone is concerned. Well, what if this happens? It's like, yeah. And it's great. <laughs> just great. having a tangible example to share with people. Cause you know, I understand you don't want to just take my word for it. Um, but it was, it was awesome. It's real. There's evidence. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. All right. All right. Jump. Let's hop over to the news. Yeah. Take us on our way to this first one. Jumping into the news. The first one from sparktoro.com, um, which will be some really cool tools for Twitter, right? Kevin, that's the, uh, the product uh, as far as that Twitter and beyond. I think sparktoro is Rand Fishkin who started Moz. It's his new enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I think his main goal is to help companies really understand who are influencers around specific topics and not just because they say they're influencers, but looking at the actual metrics behind them. Gotcha. And obviously Twitter is a big part of that, but I think it's just trying to make influencer marketing more transparent for the people who are spending the big bucks to get the influencers. Okay, perfect. Cool. That sets me up. So this article is written by Rand himself. So everything is super analytical and numbers and in my mind, you know, trustworthy I'm looking at the data. Um, mm-hmm. So it is 2018 search market share myths versus realities of Google being Amazon, Facebook, DuckDuckGo, and more. I don't use <laughs> DuckDuckGo. So, you know, mm-hmm. and it goes through each, all these different myths like this one, 65% of web searches happen on Google, but the reality is Google is a near monopoly with more than 90% of web search volume. Um, but what it does, it breaks it down to into, you have Google search, you know, when you're typing in a question, but then Google images, which I didn't know mm-hmm. this, that's 20% of searches. So yep. doing this aggregate, you're like, oh, wow, Google controls, maybe that's not the right word, but Google has 90% of the searches out there when you kind of take into account the way people use Google, not just search. So that's uh, super interesting. And then myth number two, Amazon or Facebook is gaining on Google in search. Huge chart all the way back to Q4 of 15. And it's like, that's not really true. So there's a lot of headlines kind of like with the, the market now where mm-hmm. like, oh, Google's losing, Google's losing. And then this breaks it down and you're like, well, not really. Google should still be really important as far as your focus. Um, and maybe even some new focuses if you didn't know that Google image search was 20% of, of people searching. Yeah, this, this ties in nicely to the one we article we looked at before about the no click searches and mm-hmm. kind of the reason why people search and is it transactional, informational, experiential? What are you trying to get to? And that's like Facebook or Instagram searches you know, or Amazon, right? You you're not open. It's not an open-ended question. You're not going to Facebook and saying, you know, where can I find new homes in central Ohio? No, it's just not, not what you, you're looking for a person or a specific company. You already have some concept usually. And honestly, whenever I know this is not necessarily based on fact, but whenever I use a hashtag, which is not super often on Twitter or Instagram, I tend to get more uh, connection requests or interaction from bots or non-humans than mm-hmm. I do actual humans. For sure. Um, so it, I think it just talks about why people are searching or how they're searching on the, even uh, voice searches. We, we looked at that many times already. I feel like on the podcast yep. of just, that is not a, it's not the same type of search request as what people are doing on Google. So I, I agree with him. It's not just, I think he's talking about the amount, but it's also the, the more valuable for marketer searches uh, in terms of people higher up the funnel who are starting that, that research process. Um, the value is still there with Google too. Yep, for sure. hundred percent agree. And this, the, oh, go ahead. Well, the only caveat I have is if you follow Rand on Twitter, he is definitely a 
little bit on a crusade about uh, Google and <laughs> it, the way that it is stealing um, search traffic away from marketers and kind of changing the name rules of the game and and maybe being abusing the power of a monopoly a little bit. So I still think it's trustworthy, but that's just one thing you got to keep in the back of your mind is he he definitely is starting to grind that axe that uh, Google is not playing fairly with the websites that it sends traffic to anymore like it used to. Correct. Like with the, uh, the essentially the no-click searches mm-hmm. and even like flights, if you think Google flights, the amount of traffic yep. that people lose. But you still end up on those aggregate sites but it's potentially like it but this- the latest one he was showing was restaurants like now if you google a local restaurant mm-hmm. that getting the actual link to um, their website is buried now with like you have to scroll over multiple times through other icons to find that button and it's it probably is better for the consumer because they're organizing the information the consumer really wants to see you know the menu the times contact information but it's potentially bad for the restaurant who doesn't own that experience they can't manipulate it because google's just oh, doing true. it on on their own so you yep. can't control what's shown there the same way that's true all right yeah. what's up next the Let's... next one this is a super quick one i think we actually talked about this um a while ago but add a few um this was actually on so spark toro also has this really nice tool where it shows trending topics on twitter mm-hmm. so for us marketers it's super cool you could go on there once a day once a week and just see what is trending without having to actually be on say twitter so it's it's really nice super super convenient save some time so this was on there but i decided to use an article that i wrote because i think it, it explained it easily um, it's essentially how to find 404 pages or page errors, page not found on your website. And with it being December, things hopefully are slow at your office and have less um, real projects to do. And you could do these things as like maintenance. That's yeah, a good type cleanup of work. time. It's good cleanup time. So it's just a quick and it should take like five minutes um, to do. And you might hopefully you're not surprised. Um, but if you are, you know, good. You can fix them before the new year. The next year will be this nice clean slate on uh, finding any errors. Yep. Yep. No, definitely click on that link. Check it out. If you haven't done a recent 404 investigation, you definitely should before the spring market pushes in. Um, next article is from Fast Company. And this uh, hit with a bang yesterday throughout the interwebs. Airbnb Damn. wants to start getting into designing and delivering actual homes. Um, and we'll, we'll cover this quick for time, but everything potentially from, you know, the accessible or auxiliary dr- dwelling units, the ADUs, you know, kind of a tiny home in your backyard concept. Mm-hmm. So then you could rent that out as an Airbnb all the way up to building single family homes and multifamily projects. And there's not a whole lot else that of details we know, but one example that I think is pretty realistic is they might build a single family home, but because they're not actually subleasing or rent, there's all types of laws and regulations they wouldn't necessarily have to worry about where they could say you could rent this room on Airbnb for a slightly longer period of time, maybe a month at a time or something. But every every bedroom in the house becomes its own Airbnb and could ultimately be an, an interesting way to solve some of the housing affordability issues where you're not quite renting, you're not quite owning, um, but basically build a single family home and then treat it like an apartment in terms of how it is um, used with consumers. So all kinds of interesting possibilities there. They mm-hmm. definitely have cash to try it out. And oh, yeah. I do think as much as we talk about technology and, and things changing, it is ideas like this that are, are truly outside of the box ideas or, or companies working outside of the traditional box that are more likely to ultimately disrupt a lot of things than how ads are built. 
Correct. It's consumer behavior changing uh, altogether. Yep. They mentioned in there that they are, um, you know, it's all prototype in the future. Who knows if it'll happen, but more of a modular home that you could change based on who um, you are hosting. So if you're hosting a couple, it could be like this. Mm-hmm. If you're hosting a family, the walls you know, could be however that would work. Um, but you essentially yeah. have the space and you can make it fit that that the people you are hosting better. So that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty neat, which also like you apply that towards like, you know, the decision we had to make like, oh, here's the floor plans and we're stuck like that forever, right? Versus yeah. like, oh, if we want to have this, like that could change. Like, oh, why would we not have that type of option? Um, that's But this is when cool. it gets fun because you got all this money in Nextdoor and Zillow Instant Offers and all these things about trying to make this traditional process better. And then you've got other people saying, eh, we're just going to change that whole process altogether. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's one thing yeah. watching House Hunters International. When I see someone who's like, I want to live in Hawaii uh, or, or I'm going to live on Fiji was the episode I saw last night. And they're going to spend $800 a month to rent a home with two bedrooms, amazing finishes, huge kitchen. And I'm thinking as someone who works remotely and kids are homeschooled, like, why can't it be easier to just go wherever I want to yeah. for a month Why am I time? not in Fiji? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Anyway, um, real quick, this next one from digiday.com uh, is kind of just us sharing our own <laughs> grievances more than anything else. But the headline is, it's been getting worse. Ad buyers find Facebook ads manager breaks during busy Thanksgiving period. And we love uh, Facebook and Instagram ads and, and what they're doing. We've got some new ad uh, styles and, and ways of going about it that have been just absolutely fantastic from a result standpoint. So it's not the end result that we're talking about here. It's just the process of building and designing and mm-hmm. planning the ads. And it went down for, I think, seven hours um, right before Black Friday. Yep. And agencies around the world were freaking out, which one is a lesson of don't wait until the last minute. If, because if, you're, if your campaigns were already in process, nothing was was in, a fear, interfered with. It was just building and, and launching new campaigns. But also just this thing has been breaking on and off ever since then as well. Uh, there was about four hours yesterday morning where the ads manager was just, you couldn't reach it to adjust an existing campaign. Mm-hmm. The map feature for a while, Andrew, you said, just oh, disappeared. Geez. Yeah, everything with like audiences and you were limited. Like you pick this audience, then you can't change the geography. And it's like, what's going on? Like this. Yeah, so you, like you it, looked like, it looked like for almost a day that you could only target the entire US. Like they had just decided to remove the ability to target one small pocket, yep. um, but then it just reappeared. So it is definitely, it's not just you. It's not your internet. It's not your browser. Um, that thing is just kind of a big, big dog pile of mess right now. Yep. It's Mark Zuckerberg. He's doing it. And then the last thing here, kind of a news slash resource, but our early holiday gift to you. Um, I've been loving this other podcast. It's called the Cognitive Bias Podcast. Um, and it is sometimes short, sometimes medium length um, podcasts about individual biases. Like I'll just read a couple here. The herd instinct, the halo effect, the egocentric bias, the Texas sharpshooter fallacy, just all kinds of really um, philosophical, but Im- impactful in your business and how you mar- go to market if you take the time to, to really dig in there. Have you had a favorite one? It's kind of like asking. No, I mean, they're all they're all good and they're all interesting. Some of them cool. are more like, yes, I understand that concept, but it's good to hear a couple other versions of how that applies. And then some of them are just like, whoa, I, I haven't heard anybody else talk about that because obviously he's now got over 60 episodes of just individual biases. Um, yeah, definitely go check that out. That link awesome. in the show notes. You'll, you'll enjoy that over the holidays. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will bring in Sean Carpenter. I I believe he is the first general real estate professional to join us on the podcast. Uh, Jeff Turner and he are friends and know each other well, but Jeff uh, doesn't get in the trenches in the same way that Sean does. So we'll be excited to chat with him and see what he can enlighten us with. We'll be right back. 
All right, we're back with Sean Carpenter. Now, Sean is going to tell us all about himself. But first, how did uh, Sean and I get connected? Well, we are part of an exclusive and secretive group of people known only as the Dream Bean Breakfast Club. Uh, Here in Central Ohio, we try to get together once a month or so uh, for some good pancakes and waffle debate, but also just to talk about uh, marketing, about business. Uh, There's always some real estate mixed in, but you don't have to be in real estate to eat pancakes with us. Uh, But but I've gotten to know him over the past year or so doing that. Real estate, and he also has a fantastic um, kind of mythos. Not mythos. I don't know what what is the philosophy. What philosophy. Yeah, I like that. A yeah, really great philosophy uh, that he sums down into: build relationships, solve problems, and have fun. He also has been involved in real estate for over twenty years. Sean Carpenter. Nice. Thanks, guys. Good to, good to be on. I'm a long-time yeah. listener, first-time caller. <laughs> right. We are working on a way for you people to call in, but it's not ready yet. So glad you made it. No problem. So let me let me get, I guess I'll give you and the listeners a little background on, on my yeah. real estate uh, journey. I, I got licensed in 1998 as a real estate agent. I When I graduated from U- University of Florida, I was a golf pro for a couple of years. Um, worked in a big resort course in Florida, down near you, Andrew, uh, at Worldwoods awesome. Golf Club up in Brooksville. Oh, okay, cool. Uh-huh. And then I moved up to Cleveland, worked in a private club up there, came back to Columbus where I was uh, raised and became a beer salesman. Worked for the Miller and Coors distributor here wow. in town and wow. uh, ca- called on all parts of the area, but it eventually landed on the Ohio State campus was my territory. So I always joke with people, if you're ever going to sell beer, pick a spot where there's 45,000 students. And that's a really <laughs> good idea. Really, sure. Really Demand. good spot to sell beer. So I did that for three years and my wife and I you know, wanted to have a family. And so I said to myself, well, what would be a job that allowed me to drink beer and play golf? So I became a real estate agent. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I got into real estate. And I sold actively for four and a half years here in, in central Ohio um, as we had our first child and, and uh, uh, had an opportunity to become a, a manager. So man, I gave up my sales side of the business to go into management, but I, I've kind of always had that leadership um, trait or leadership edge. So uh-huh. to to have a paycheck and to have benefits and things like that was a good opportunity for me. You know, I still got to sell every day, guys. I, I got to sell the office. I got to sell the company, the industry. Um, yep. But but I wasn't actively sure. selling. And in the two years that I managed the office, I realized I loved the coaching and training part of the job, but I kind of hated the managing part of the job. So our mm-hmm. company named me the director of training and education for the Cobble Banker companies in Columbus and Cincinnati. So I was in charge of about 1,300 agents, all Whoa. the new agent training, the wow. top agent training, the events. Hurting the, cats, uh, it sounds like. That's a lot. Yeah, of it, yeah it, it was a lot of fun because because leadership gave me kind of a, a carte blanche, you know, said, hey, just build take take our training program throw it out or throw it in a blender and, and put whatever else you think needs to go in there and so i i didn't want to just make it scripts and dialogues and and real estate 101 i wanted to make it more about branding and marketing and and the individual story of each agent and so i did that for 13 years and in that time frame that i was doing that uh, i had the opportunity to speak at my first coal banker conference and i really enjoyed being up in front of an audience speaking and sharing and so that started to develop and grow. And I, I got more chances to speak around the country at different events, state association events and local events and coal banker brand events. And in August of 2016, I, I kind of made that decision to bet on myself and I missed sales. I missed building relationships, solving problems and having fun with my customers and clients. Mm-hmm. And so I, but I also wanted to take my speaking a little more of a national level. So I, uh, I re- retired as the director of training and I, I went back into active sales um, here in central Ohio, uh, Kevin in the upper Arlington area. Um, yeah. And, and and I and I founded my own company this year called Sean Speaks, um, where I, I travel around the country. I've done about 55 speaking gigs this year, uh, everywhere from Napa Busy. to wow. Nashville, Myrtle Beach to Minnesota, Arizona, 
to uh, to Boston. So it's it's fun. I travel around the country and I talk to mostly real estate audiences, but uh, topics of customer service, uh, social media, storytelling, memorable experiences, uh, and and you know general ways that agents can build relationships, solve problems, and have fun. And when it comes to social media, Sean is an animal on Twitter. Um, not that numbers really necessarily matter, but you have served sixty one thousand over sixty one thousand tweets. Uh, in your storied career, I have 1,752 and nine. Andrew has 159. <laughs> I'm something so, uh, I'm special. You crush, you crush the Twitter universe. <laughs> he does. Twitter's my go-to. You know, people ask me, uh, what, what's my favorite social channel? Twitter. I just, th- I love the, f- the the pace of the stream, so to speak. I love that it's, you got to be uh-huh. in the moment. You know, there's a, there's a quote that I, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but I, I saw it the other day and I'm like, that's so true. It says, a man can stand in a river two days in a row, but he's not the same man and it's not the same river. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I think that's what Twitter is because Twitter, you have to be in it at the moment. Whereas, you know, Facebook with the feed and, you know, if you log in tomorrow, the top stories is going to be right there on your feed. And so it's going to, it's going to tell you, here's what we think you wanted to see while you were gone, you know, based on who you follow and who you comment on and, and who comments on your stuff. Whereas Twitter you have to on purpose try and find the content or you just let the content feed you based on who you follow. Um, and Instagram is kind yeah. of the same way, but Instagram still kind of works off of a algorithm uh, to show you relevancy from its standpoint, not necessarily from your standpoint. Yeah. I, I often will refer to Instagram as, as this hybrid love child between Facebook and Twitter. Um, but it definitely has a lot of Twitter like characteristics in terms of that flow that you're talking about too. Sure. I, the thing I go to Twitter for more than almost anything else is comedy because man, uh, yesterday there was a new story about a child named ABCDE. Uh, yep. pronounced Ab City. Ab City. Ab City. And, Ab City. And, and I read this article about someone making fun of this kid's name and how awful it was. And I agree, you shouldn't make fun of the kid. But I just knew, I turned to my wife and I said, I'm going to Twitter because I'm sure that Twitter sure. has a lot to say on this article. And I was not disappointed. You know, as soon as I saw that article, it reminded me of, uh, I'll date myself a little bit, but some of the listeners might under- remember this. Um, on on Sesame Street, there was a character named Snuffleupagus, and he yeah. was kind of, kind of a and he used to sing the alphabet, but he called it Abracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracadabracad
uh, from the from the builders that you know got to got to meet agent A, B, and C and said, "Hey, can you introduce me to agents D, E, and F?" You know, they they really they really leveraged it. Um, yeah. They they also you know I, I think back to the to, to you know my girl that I you know I thought of she was my new build rep. Like anyone who brought up the word new build, we were going to start with her, regardless of the product or the neighborhood. I just felt like I, if I went to her, she would meet with them and explain the process. And then if they had a product, great, because I'd love to work with her. But if not, she she had the integrity and the honesty to sort of say, I think what you're looking for is mm-hmm. with this builder in this part of town. Um, yep. But you know what? I, I think a lot of it, when you look back, um, there was only a few people that did that. And she was really good. And guess what? She got a ton of business from not just our office, but our our side of town, our, our community. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now that I'm back in it and, you know, I'm not – you know, I'm not selling a hundred houses a year, so maybe I'm not on people's radar, but you think with the social media reach and with yeah. the, the, the 20 years of experience and the name brand, uh, recognition, just the fact that I am a relationship builder, I think that, that, Hey, get in with me and, and provide some good service and let me, you know, I talk about the ripple effect to, to my audiences all the time. You know, if, if you know a hundred people and they know a hundred people, you're only one contact away from 10,000 people. Well, I, I already went to the dark side of my marketer mind, which was Sean already said he was training 1300 agents around I Ohio. Know. So yeah. even if only, let's just say only half of those people still really remember Sean and had the impact that he had on their lives. If if they're following you on social media and, and you go to a new, new, new community or go visit the office of a home builder and say, these guys are awesome. You should totally, you know, why, why would I not want to try to co-opt that? Again, that's the darker way of looking at it. Yeah. Why would I not want to access that? So I would, I, I have to ask you, how would you want to now in Sean Carpenter 3.0, how would you want to be courted? Because I think we do have regular salespeople who listen as well. So let's, how, let's have a, a, yeah. a real estate professional say, how, how should they reach out to you? What, what would the best way that, what could, how could that be done? So the first, wow. you know, the first time through, uh, there was no Facebook. There was, you know, there was barely email, you know, we were still using, you know, MLS on a, on a DOS, you know, the, the blue screen with the yellow words. Um, um, so it was a lot of face to face. It was a lot of relationship building. It was a lot of showing up at the area sales meetings, um, before the internet boom, so to speak. But now, you know, we just talked about it. You know, people say, why am I, why do I dive so deep into social media? You know, I, I try and build relationships, solve problems and have fun locally with people that I can be face to face with. But technology, social media allows me to build relationships, solve problems and have fun globally every single day from no matter where I'm at. And I just think there are people, you know, I would love to have, you know, some connections on social media, some, you know, whether it's, you know, kind of following the Gary Vaynerchuk, slide into my DMs, you know, but, mm-hmm. but offer something of value. Um, follow me and not just follow me, but engage on my content so that you show up more as a person. Cause I trust me, I'm going to use the person way before I use the builder. I'm going to use yep. the, the person who I know. For sure. Look, it, it's going to be a two, three, seven month process that if, if I do my job right for my customers and they do their job right for their customers on behalf of the builder, we're going to have a lot of interaction face to face and email and text. And, you know, and there has to be the trust that when my, when my client goes there without me, that everything's being done, you know, in my behalf and, and followed up on. And, and same thing when I go, you know, meet clients there, anything to do with the process that I'm keeping everybody in the loop. And so for me, guys, it would be, 
you know, get to know me. Uh, don't just send me your spec sheets uh, that I didn't sign up for. Um, I can't tell you how often I, you know, I see that. I'm like, I've, I don't even know who this person is. And these are six homes on the other side of town from me that I've sold maybe one house in my career in that part of town. Okay. I know Andrew's got an awesome question, but I just have to add in the sarcasm here of you just heard a general real estate person say that relationship does matter and they're not just in it for the quick commission. Because that, you know, perception of home builders, and we're going to talk about the fear or perception of, of real as well here in a second, but perception of home builders is these guys really could care less. They don't have a long-term perspective. They're like, you know, they're just an animal that you're holding the treat out for. And as long as you slam them enough with a good enough offer, that's all it takes. Yeah. Let me, let me, before Andrew asks this question, you know, I, I am a, Kevin, we've had breakfast together. I am, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. I don't adventure and my food. My palate is very Americanized. <laughs> I don't try, I don't breakfast. try things like some of the people in our group uh, try uh, on the menus, uh-huh. I, I am bacon and eggs in the morning and I am super simple. Um, I was out yesterday or this week in Nashville and we went out after the event to a, a place called Wild Ginger in Nashville. And it was a kind of an Asian uh, sushi kind of place. And I'm super yeah. like, I don't know if I don't know what I'm eating, I don't want it. And I, <laughs> I, I tried it and I, and I kind of really enjoyed it. I tried something new and um, I think it would make me want to try some sushi again next time I go out. I, I still uh-huh. need someone there to order it for me because I'm not sure what I'm ordering. Um, but but my I guess my my analogy or my metaphor is I may not um, know anything about Builder X, but if I go through the experience, I go, you know, that was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that process and I feel like my customers enjoyed it as well. And I learned a little bit and the the rep treated me with respect and the and the contractors and the general, you know, the general contractor kind of educated me along the way. Uh-huh. That makes me want to come back a second time. And if nothing else, it makes me want to talk about it the next buyer counseling session I have. Exactly. It makes me hear a conversation at the next table over at Panera or two, two, two bar stools down when someone's bringing up anything about building or the process of real estate that may not be resale like we think of as, as you know, full-time realtors, that all of a sudden I can have maybe an edge into that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. So this is perfect. So we, I don't know if you heard the first part there, Sean, but we just signed our contract for a new home that we're building like an hour and a half ago. And we sold our home with our realtor. That was like about two months ago. And so this realtor also um, is representing us on the buying side. So we took her, we're like, hey, we want to look at these new homes. She showed us existing homes for a few weeks and helped us, you know, guide a bunch of things. And she's like, okay, she's worked with custom builders before because she's primarily, and it sounds like our area might be like yours. She works mainly and Seminole and that keeps her busy. But going across like a minute, you're in a different part of town, Bardmore, and so she hasn't worked with this big public builder that has the, the community over this place. So she didn't know what to expect or anything. Um, and it's been a very interesting experience working with this sales agent that, um, not the realtor, but the sales agent with the big builder. Um, so I'm, we're glad to have her on board. But what fears do you think a typical agent would have uh, when they bring someone to a home builder's office? Like what is what is going through their mind, do you think? Well, I think one of the biggest things is, is an agent agent wants to feel like they're part of the process. But I think a lot of times they're like, I need to make sure I show value. And so sometimes agents feel mm-hmm. like they have to go above and beyond and, and point things out like on a home inspection, like, oh, and that's the pipe that goes into your gas tank, you know, and like, just shut up, you know, <laughs> let, let the, let the professional <laughs> do their job. Um, but that's, and that's where I think the relationship comes in. When I say, hey, look, this is Michelle, or this is Amber, or this is this is uh, Susie uh, and she's great. And then I can sit back and, and be there. But, you know, where I think the, the agent adds some value is when they talk about, you know, should we put in the fireplace or not? Should we put in the, the if we're going to put in a tub, should we put in a jacuzzi tub or not? What's the future resale value of it? Um, you know, landscaping packages, positions on the property. 
Um, but really just be there to be a guide and an extra set of eyes. And, you know, on the few deals I've, I've done on the new build side, guys, I've, I've tried to on purpose, make it a point in my day or week to get out to the property by myself when the clients aren't there just to walk through and say, Hey, I was out by the property today showing houses. I stopped by and the drywall in the first floor is going up or, you know, so, so all of a sudden at the end of the day, they feel like I was part of the process and the rep feels like it wasn't just show up on contract day and show up on closing day, cash a check and and move on. Yeah. And I, do you, do you think anyone ever has the fear of just being boxed out by that rep of saying almost kind of, thanks for bringing that person here, but now could you please leave? Please leave. Yeah. yeah I think that, I, I think that, you know, and if it happens early in the process, then that almost guarantees that agent isn't going to show up and they're just going to show up at the closing table, which could, you know, for our industry, give that reputation of why do I need the agent? I mean, they, they didn't do anything and they got X thousand dollars, um, you know? And so, so mm-hmm. showing that value, I think is, is, is extremely critical. And, and for on both sides, it, it needs to be the agent, but it also needs to be the rep too. You know, that, that exactly. rep has to understand that if they, if this agent brought one person, they might bring more if I make it a good experience for them too. Exactly. That's what I was, that's what I was wanting to try to pull out was the sales rep oftentimes at a builder is thinking, how do I, you know, bridge this relationship, but then tell the real estate agent, you know, you don't, you don't need to come back. I got it from here. Yeah. And, and they're missing out on the opportunity then to build that relationship. And the other thing mm-hmm. about your your mantra is the have fun part. Like I, I think, I, I know most salespeople feel like the fun is removed from this entire experience if a real estate agent is involved. Oh, for sure. Because now this other person's on high alert and potentially like you're saying, trying to show value. Instead of looking at it as an opportunity, here's another party in this process that I can have fun with and build a relationship with. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a mistake. No doubt about it. And you know, the process is long. And if, if, if in that interim, you know, the, the second I bring my client across the threshold to introduce them to you, uh, Kevin or Andrew, uh, you know, hopefully there's an opportunity to connect on social, whether it's just a follow at that point, you know, hey, are you on Instagram? Are you on Twitter? Um, and then maybe in the next couple of weeks, you start realizing like, boy, this guy's a big sports fan. This guy likes his craft beer. Um, yeah, I was then, just going to say, I think if you ask Sean Carpenter to go for a beer after you did the walkthrough of the house, right. things might go well. You are adventurous with your beer. <laughs> we need to say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to find those things out. And then maybe, you know, if, if I, if I get followed by, you know, Joe Smith with XYZ builder, um, and then I start seeing some posts on there and I say, Oh, he's got a dog or he's got three kids who play soccer or, uh, you know, he's from, you know, maybe he went to LSU or Mississippi state. So there's another sec connection or, or something like that. I always try and find what are those common grounds, um, that I can chat with people on. And then guess what, you know, what, what everyone's trying to do, builders, sales reps, agents, realtors is we're trying to earn top of mind awareness. You know, I mean, guys, if we went to the local mall and asked a hundred people who their doctor is and who their dentist is and who their attorney is about a hundred people would know who their doctor is without thinking about it Mm -hmm. and who their dentist is. But if I said, and we're just doing a quick survey, who's your doctor, who's your dentist and who's your realtor? Most people would go, um, I'm not, I'm not buying a house right now. (laughs) I understand, but who's your realtor? Um, I don't, I don't have a realtor right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? But they say, yep. I'm not buying a house right now, so I don't have a realtor. But they don't say, well, well I'm not sick right now, so I don't have a doctor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But That's top of mind point. awareness. And so if if Joe Smith with XYZ Builders becomes my top of mind awareness, when I hear some anyone mention the word new build, whether they, in their context, they were talking about vertical living in downtown Columbus or building a custom home out in the, out in a field in, in you know, in a, 
neighboring county. I still think when I think new build, I think that person. Yep, for sure. You don't, you don't, you don't think that the picture on the grocery cart is the way to go about that. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's do this with Professor Carpenter. Uh, do you have a little something that you can pull the for you know, as from your speaking uh, engagements or a, a topic that you can run us through quickly? Yeah, sure. I think I think this will this will be one that maybe will um, tie in well with our audience because you know anyone who's in sales, whether it's new home build or or marketing or whatever you guys do, it's, it's about having a good reputation, right? And and every day, if you can polish and, and focus on that reputation. I had a chance to speak recently at a local high school um, to a, a young future business leaders class. And the teacher said, talk about whatever you want to talk about. And so I thought, well, you know what, kids these days, and especially with the advent of social media, and we see a lot of the, the bad things that happen, but uh, how can they set themselves up to be good? And so I, I focus on the word reputation. And I'll just kind of go through, you know, those 10 letters in the word reputation if you think about these 10 letters and apply them to your business 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, uh, those 10 letters um, will make a ton of sense. R stands for relationships, right? It's, it, it's, the, it's the focal point of my philosophy. Um, but when you put people before profits, I think you realize that this business um, of sales uh, goes a long way. E stands yep. for enthusiasm, right? Enthusiasm, people make people want to be around you, right? When you are enthusiastic in your and on your voicemail and in your videos on, you know, on Instagram stories. And when people just, when, when people feel your enthusiasm, right, it, it, it makes people, like I said, want to be around you, want to tell stories about you, want to find out how they can be part of that little culture. You know, the, it's cliche, but enthusiasm ends with the letters I-A-S-M, right? I am sold myself. Yep. Um, and when you bring that in front of an audience, I think that's huge. The P that's in such reputation. A, ho, 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 ho. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, sorry. I know when you're talking, you get on the roll, but that one is so great because nothing has to be boring. Nothing. No. Yeah. And it doesn't have to come from humor. It doesn't have to come from talking really fast. It doesn't have to come from uh, some, it, it can come from so many different places that can add enthusiasm, genuine interest. And I, I just, yeah, I just think that's it. So far, that's my favorite. You're only it's on just, the second, but. Well, it's just, you know, it, when you can add that little upbeat in your in your presentations, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. you, you hear what I just did there. You know what I mean, and it just kind of you know engages people, and and it's just I don't know. It's such a uh, you know there's people in your life right now, business and personal, that you love to be around because they're just they're enthusiastic. You know, yep. I, I was digging through my my basement the other day, and I came across a little plaque from Cub Scout baseball days back, you know, 40 some years ago. And, and I, I'm one of the teams I was on. I, I won the most enthusiastic award, which mean, which probably is code for wasn't the best baseball player, but, <laughs> but was enthusiastic. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, P in reputation, preparation, right? Be successful um, on purpose, not by accident. That's a word I've been using in my presentations a lot, guys, is, is I want people to be successful on purpose. Hashtag on purpose. Yeah. And, yep, and the reps that are listening to this and the, and the marketing people, if they say, I'm going to build relationships with agents on purpose, not by accident, I'm not going to send out a random spam email and hope someone responds. I'm going to on purpose reach out to people. I'm going to on purpose take those group of people in my Facebook feed and, and reach out to them and, and find out when their birthdays are and find out where they like to hang out and you know meet them on purpose. Preparation, guys, is 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 critical and the perfect time of year for this podcast to come out because whatever we do this month in December is going to, is going to show in January and February, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you don't want to just be the victim or the benefit beneficiary of the market. You want to know that it's the preparation you put in. That's why people hate their jobs or think that it has no meaning or they're just a cog is because there is no, there's just, I show up today, I do what I'm asked to do and I'm gone. There's no, there's no preparing for the next, next phase. No, no long term yeah. view. And once again, when you do that purposefully, right? When you, 
you know, there's a difference between hands and feet doing the job, right? Standing at the assembly line for eight hours and putting the cog on the wheel as it goes past. So hands and feet do the job, but the head and the heart bring it together, right? And and there's a purpose, there's a reason. There's the the classic, you know, Simon Sinek start with why, right? Yep. When you understand that, it makes a big, big difference. And when you tie in enthusiasm with preparation, um, it starts really building that good reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, the U, let me let me continue. The U is under promise and over deliver. You know, I, I joke with people that my last name is Carpenter, so my slogan is nobody knows homes like the carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it works out, works out well for my business in real estate, but if you don't have a slogan or a, a philosophy under promise and over deliver is not a bad one to start with, right? Yep. When you, when you focus every opportunity to exceed people's expectations, which means you're gonna have to find out what their expectations are before you can exceed them. Um, but there's a sign. Does that, does that, does that mean don't sell too hard? You think too? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, some of the best salespeople listen people into a sale. They listen yeah. people into a sale. They, they listen to what's important to the customer and client. They identify and, and, and separate the wants versus needs and then just continue to reinforce the things that they said they wanted and almost, you know, by, by, by listening. And so, yeah, not selling too hard, under promising and over delivering, you know, there's a there's a sign that hangs in my office and it says doing what's required only prevents customer dissatisfaction. You must do more than is required to truly satisfy a customer. Yeah, because overpromising yeah. would be talking about too many specifics and details that then you have to hit. Whereas if you have enthusiasm, someone could buy and still have no clue about 20% of what it is you're going to do. And then you have a chance to overdeliver surprise, delight. Cetera. Yeah, or they spend or they spend their time worrying about stuff that really doesn't matter, right? Um, right. You know, what's the what's the what's the capacity of the shingles at 14 degrees below zero? All right. Well, you know, yes, yeah. let me ask you a question. If I, what are you looking for the answer to be? Because we're in Tampa, the chance of it going to negative 14 degrees below zero. Not going to happen. But, no. but because they saw it on some, you know, Mythbusters uh, show or they, they heard someone on talking about on Twitter who's buying a home in Alaska. Yeah. Holmes on Holmes, who I mean, I like that guy, but he builds every house to be like indestructible by an atomic bomb. Right. Like over engineers mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, yes. Uh, that brings us up to T and T's a big one, obviously right in the middle of reputation. That's trust. Um, Ooh, you know, that's huge. trust is huge, right? I mean, Anyone who's in sales is trying to earn a cult-like following, right? A cult-like following, K-U-L-T, spelled wrong on purpose. Because when people know you, like you, and when they trust you, they're more likely to do business with you. But here's the thing, guys. People might know you and like you, but that doesn't mean they're going to trust you, right? You have some friends of yours that you know and you like, Kevin, as a father Mm -hmm. of what for? Uh, yep. That doesn't mean you're going to trust them as a parent. You know, you, uh-uh. you have friends of yours. I guarantee you that you know and like, but you don't trust their parenting skills. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, I have some friends of mine that I know and like, but I don't trust their financial advice. Um, yep. You know, and so, so in real and they're probably a financial planner, but yeah. you're like, you're not going to be mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in real estate, you know, and, and really in any sales, I think there's three C's that, that build trust. The first one's competence. How good are you at what you do? Do you know your stuff? The second C is confidence. And we can hear that. We can feel that. We can read that in, in people's answers and, and replies and responses. So competence and confidence. And the third C, which I think is the most important, is consistency. How consistent yeah. are you at delivering on your competence and confidence? I'll trust those people more. And so those everyone, everyone who's listening can focus on those three C's every day. Mm, that's awesome. A, people are going to freak out. If they're listening in their car right now, they're like, wait, wait, I'll have- write this down. We'll have as much of this in the show notes for you as we can. Yeah, and maybe I'll maybe I'll put this all in a link and in, in I'll write a blog post kind of recap. Yeah, good idea. Um, good idea. A is accountability, guys. Okay. I think um, it, it's such an important thing, and I, I like to start with personal accountability. Let me give you a book recommendation that it is my number one suggested book on my suggested reading list when I speak. Um, it's a book called QBQ by John Miller. QBQ, and it's all about personal accountability. 
Um, and why I think accountability is so important is, is in sales, it's, it's you and the customer. And, and can you hold yourself accountable? Um, you know, and that book, QBQ, it's about personal accountability. So it's not blaming the builder. It's not blame. You know, there's no blame. There's no victim thinking. There's no procrastination. It's all about what can I do to be, you know, prepared for the next thing. And guys, it's, it's, it's a simple to read book. It's got short chapters and big, big font. Um, but <laughs> on, on December 31st this year, I will wake up at about 6 a.m. before the family's up and I will reread that book for the 14th year in a row. I, I read mm. it every year now on the wow. on December 31st just to kind of get my hmm. look. I, I know every punchline of the of the jokes at the end of the chapters and I know the, the parables and the stories, but it just reminds me that I got to quit putting my success or failure on anybody else but me. And so I think to earn a good reputation, people hold themselves accountable. Love it. The second T in reputation is try your best, right? Um, people love to support people giving it their all. And so, you know, Avis built their entire success on the tagline, we we're harder. not number one, but we try harder, you know? Um, you know, people love to, you know, not necessarily root for the underdog, but when they see someone trying their best, they're going to give them their, their attention, their respect. And when, when you kind of make yourself vulnerable, so always try your best. That's an easy one. Make one more phone call, knock on one more door, send one more email. Um, the I in reputation is inquire about everything. Guys, I a hundred percent believe this. The best salespeople are the best question askers. Yeah, absolutely. They, 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 their, their entire presentation is not built around talking. It's built around asking and then filling in the blanks. Cause the more I ask questions, the more you talk as a customer or friend or relationship. And the more you talk, the more I can learn about your habits and your interests and your likes and your dislikes and your, your behavior style and your pace and, you know, all those things. So inquire about everything on, on Facebook, you know, Kevin, you follow me on Facebook and, you know, people say, Carp, you get so much interaction on your Facebook. That's because most, most of my, most of my posts are questions. You know, if you want better interaction, more question marks and fewer periods. I mean, make that your goal in 28 or 2019. If I it's want It's got to be genuine curiosity though too, right? Because if you're just asking questions based upon a script or a, or a prepared plan and you're not truly listening because you don't really have true curiosity in what those answers are, yep. it's not going to work. Yeah. Agree hundred percent. So, you know, make it engaging. You know, when you go to see a stand-up comedian, the best stand-up comedians are the ones that make you laugh. And as you're laughing, you say, oh my God, that happened to me. Or, oh my God, yeah, that's yeah. so true. And so when you ask real life questions, not, you know, the canned, you know, are you living in your dream home? Or, you know, if you could, you could live, if you could live <laughs> anywhere, which, which seems so real estate related. But, you know, if you look at some of my engaging posts, it, it'll be, you know, I last, uh, last, um, I think it was before Thanksgiving, but I, I said, name a song that has a form of travel in the title. And it got like 220 responses or something like that, because it, it's something everybody can play, so to speak. You don't need to have a, mm -hmm. a super large background of music, but, and it's just, it's fun and it's gauging and you can see who answers, you know, who's rock and roll and who's country and blah, blah, blah. Um, so those are type of funds. Inquire about something. Two more. Um, oh, outside your comfort zone, right? Everyone listening to this needs to do something in 2019 to get outside their comfort zone. It's called a comfort zone for a reason because we're good in that area. But but yep. you're never going to really grow um, if you stay in that plateau of your comfort zone. We've got to try and push ourselves. Um, you know, you've seen that 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 iconic image online. You know, your comfort zone, and here's where the magic happens: is that next little ball. Um, uh huh. You know, we've all we all have that belief boundary of who we are and where we should be and how many sales we should be doing and what part of town and and what price point we should be in. 
but we've got to kind of push that that outside of our comfort zone, whether it's phone calls, whether it's video, which I know you guys have talked about, whether it's mm-hmm. you know social media, whether it's follow up, whether it's um, marketing, you know that that, that you're going to do push push yourself a little bit. You know, I love what you guys do on the show because you don't just compare builder to builder. And Kevin, I know you do this a lot in what you do. Um, I don't just look at other real estate agents. I want to see what Netflix is doing and what Starbucks is doing, what Panera and and Ford. You know why? Because our consumers only use real estate once every seven to ten years, but they use yeah. Apple every day. They use Starbucks every day, right? And so, yep. what can I steal? What can I? How can I go outside my comfort zone and, and, and deliver a Starbucks experience with buying a home or a yep. Netflix experience that people want to subscribe to? And you know, when they're bored or lonely, they turn to, to Netflix, you know, to to educate themselves and to mm-hmm. humor themselves and to cry or to to laugh or to to remember, right? And yep. the last thing I just had, oh, sorry. I just had, I had coffee this morning with a gentleman from the marketing team at Wendy's who will be on in a couple of weeks. And one of the things I was like, okay, well, I understand people, you know, you do digital marketing for Wendy's. So where are the restaurants? How much is something? Um, what's on the menu? Those things all make sense to me. And he's like, you know, actually, and I don't feel like they talk about this much. He goes, we're, we're a food company that also wants to provide entertainment. And then it kind of hit me. And I was like, that's why your Twitter campaigns are so aggressive or your, your Twitter sure. account. He's like, yeah, we get, we get website traffic and then they have a way to attribute that. I forget the exact number. He said something like 90% of the time, if someone goes on wendys.com within a week, they're in a restaurant. Yeah. And so they can tie the revenue. On my drive to Nashville the other day, you know, you get off the exit, you see the McDonald's, the Burger King, the Wendy's. And if you just saw a funny tweet from Wendy's on Twitter, you know, your car is kind of almost going to be pulled there. You're, you're rooting for them. You know, it's kind of, Mm -hmm. they, they gave you some piece of humor or knowledge. Uh, and just that top of mind awareness, guys, I'm telling you, just it slides into your conscience. Yep. Yep. All right. And sorry. And that's all right. No, no re- reputation and nice people win. Nice people win. Look, nice people win. When you use your manners, when, when you show up on time, when you look people in the eye, when you're respectful, when you show appreciation, whether it's thanking them in, in, in real life, whether it's a handwritten thank you note and a big one for me, guys, let me, I'll kind of finish with this one is when I talk about nice people win, use people's names. Every time yeah. you'll, you'll notice, Kevin, when we meet for the Dream Bean, the first thing I do is I ask the, the server her name. The last server we had at the Donut Kitchen, her name was Amber. Um, you know, I never order Starbucks when I'm in the store without using the barista's name first. I'll say, Natalie, can I get a venti iced coffee? And if they don't have a na- name tag on, I'll ask them, what's your name? Natalie, hey, can I get a venti iced coffee? But I can't tell you how many times when I say, Marissa, can I get a venti iced coffee that they look at me and they say, how do yeah. you know my name? And I'll say, it's on I your can, apron. I can picture that kind of dog-like face yeah. of like, wait a minute, and, what just happened? And I say, what's well, on your apron? And they look down and they say, oh yeah, I forgot. Which means what, guys? <laughs> no it means other that. people aren't using their names, right? And so if you think about it, your name is the one thing in this world, no matter how rich or poor you are, no matter where you're from, it's the one thing that's yours. It's the one thing that you own. If if, if Andrew was dry, was walking through Atlanta airport right now, the busiest airport in the world, and he's on his way to his, to his next gate and someone yells, hey, Andrew, I guarantee you he's going to turn around. As he's turning around, he's thinking, this can't be for me, can't, but maybe it's someone it. from my high school. Maybe it's someone from home. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a builder I met, right? And and using people's names, like remembering people's names and, and their kids' names and their pets' names is sales 101, but it's it's a different level, man. It's that it's that Uber level of of 
I think respect and and shows that your reputation is is there for the for the taking. Yep. Well, and I think the only addition I would make to that in all ten of those letters is that nice people win eventually. Meaning you may have you do have to have I think a long term approach because there will be times where you get screwed or you know there's probably been eight times this year where I've had someone hop on a call with me. They think they would like to do business, but do you convert? And I tell them you know what, you're not ready or you've got these other issues to solve or this other company would be a better fit. I'm winning long-term because I'm sure. building that relationship and building that trust, but short-term I'm not. And so I think there's people who feel like that, you know, that, that that's why I don't uh, love Cardone, right? He's got a lot of true things that he says. He's more of that, I'm going to crush it and win by uh, beating my chest yeah. against the, you know, yeah, by, by force or by coercion. Right. And I think that's starting, you start to see, it might take a couple of years, a decade, whatever, but at, at some point that's going to come around to haunt him. Yeah. And I think, so I think, I think Vaynerchuk's exactly opposite right he's, he's the honey empire right get yeah. more with honey than vinegar right and mm-hmm. uh, look a lot of salespeople they they thrive on that wolf of wall street mentality that i'm gonna crush you yeah. I'm gonna, you know i'm a killer um and i think other people <laughs> other people say you know what that's not the way i want to be sold to and that's not the way i'm gonna sell so you won't see no. me doing a whole lot of cold calling you won't see me doing a whole but but every single day when i'm in the office guys the first thing i do is i i handwrite five notes i've already done my five for today uh, you know, I, I send people happy birthday messages on their on their on their birthdays on Facebook, but not just a happy birthday message. I if I know them t- to any type of relationship, they're going to get a video text message from me um, to stand out and be different. Yep. I, there are yep. people out there that are that are dialing for dollars right now. They're calling expired listings with a script and they're just robo dialing and, and on to the next deal. And, and they'll have some success. But I'd rather long tail win on relationships and, and good reputation. Yeah, I don't think any of those people that they're robo dialing are going to say, you know what? Do you have time to grab a beer or a coffee? That's <laughs> just that that small win on the short term doesn't out, outweigh the the building relationships, solving problems, and having fun. So for sure, awesome. Well, Sean, thanks so much for joining us this week. Um, how do people connect with you? Twitter, of course, we'll put the the links yeah, there. So, but anywhere else that you like to hang out? Yeah, I'd love for I'd love for if, if you liked anything I had to, to, to talk about, follow me on my blog, carpscorner.net. Carpscorner, all one word, carpscorner.net. You can subscribe there on the right hand side. I do post when I I post. Every Monday, you'll get a post called the Monday Morning Match. It's a little uh, post to kind of start your week, some motivation, a little light under your under your tank to, to get you going. Uh, and if I find anything else during the week to, to share about, but it's mostly just stories about building relationships, solving problems, and having fun. It's geared towards a, a real estate sales audience, but I have followers all around the, the country and the, and, the con- and the globe that um, sometimes maybe just like my little stories. So while I haven't written a book, I've got almost 900 years and 900 posts and and 10 years worth of uh, posts on there. So love for people to follow me there or, or at Sean Carp on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. No problem guys. I enjoy your podcast. Keep up the great work. And we're back. That was awesome. I liked having the uh, the sales focused side, which is still in my mind like 100 applicable to marketing. 
Yeah, and I I feel like being in in the home building world for so long, I have a very easy time gaining empathy and understanding what customers go through and what they're thinking about, what their motivations are, or the challenges, etc. But when it comes to realtors, don't have as much experience interacting with them, obviously, as I do actual home buyers. And so it's always awesome to hear someone's perspective who's willing to share it, like Sean is, about kind of how, how they tick, what what motivates them, what their thoughts and perspectives are, and obviously, great speaker, uh, great great thought leader in the space too that, that everyone should definitely go go check out. All right. And now we have question of the week. And this will be the answers from last week's question, which was, how does your builder give back to the community or to your employees? Share ideas to inspire others and help us all get in the holiday spirit. And let's see here. I'll take the there first one. There were a lot. Yeah. There were a lot, awesome. which is awesome. Yeah. I was surprised and the details there. Um, this so made me go. think of, um, what's the quote in the Elf movie? Um, Sing loud and clear for all to hear and spread Christmas, I don't know, something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah, that is on the list of, that might be my favorite Christmas movie, that and uh, Christmas Vacation or Chris, no, Christmas Story. <laughs> and what Christmas, va- yeah, Clark Griswold. We could have that too. All of them. Yep. I'm excited. Yep. Perfect. Uh, let's see here. So we have Carrie. Uh, we are going to, we are going to a domestic abuse shelter, cleaning it and decorating it for Christmas. Additionally, we have a angel tree in our office to get presents for families and the shelter. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Carrie Rogers, um, who will be on in a couple of weeks on the podcast said, we just broke ground on our four. 14th St. Jude Dream Home and have helped to raise over $9 million in wow. the fight against childhood cancer. That was pretty fantabulous. And then uh, Shannon uh, DeYoung from, from California said that they're on their 12th, or they just completed their 12th giveaway home. So uh, St. Jude is definitely a, a big thing that a lot of builders are involved with. It's a lot of a lot of homes. Uh, Renee Garcia, I think we mentioned this one a few weeks ago. They they have the raffle for an organization in um, in uh, all New Mexico where they, uh, they raffle for a home and, and we actually help them a little bit on the marketing side with that but that is super cool as well they get yeah they kind of just do their do their own it's like saint jude but for um yeah that that local charity yeah Uh, i think that's nice too el ranchito de los niños there you go yeah that's pretty sure we butchered that but (laughs) um let's do a couple more mike davidson said we do a lot and they do we are one of the top donors to three different local local organizations supporting the homeless homemade uh physically disabled the home builders foundation and the mentally challenged uh colorado initiative for inclusive higher education. That's uh, that's crazy. They definitely do a whole bunch. In fact, they haven't just, you can go to wonderlandhomes.com slash giving dash back and you'll see all about it. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. And that's like all year long too. I feel like I'm always seeing something mm-hmm. that they're, that they're doing. So it's yep. yeah, all the time. Yep. Dennis O'Neill said, we have alerts set up with donorschoose.org that tells us when there's a local school in need. And he likes how you can select specific schools, projects, classrooms. So you know exactly where a donation is going. I think that's, that's important. And then Renee Carlson says, I'm proud to say that Royal Oaks Madame Homes just finished our ninth hero home for a combat wounded soldier. So it seems like uh, it's part of Operation Coming Home, but it seems like a lot of builders are definitely taking advantage of the fact that they they do add a lot of value in building a home and, and being involved in some sort of raffle or um, giveaway or donation. In, in Renee's case, I think that's awesome. And it's hard to it's hard to pull those off. I know how much work goes into that. It's not as simple as just building a house and giving it away. You gotta. Uh, it's just. A lot, lot of cluttered uh, news out there, a lot of things competing for headlines. And so to get the right publicity that gets the awareness, because that's part of the reason mm-hmm. you're doing this is, is is awareness as much as the money. Um, I know that's that's tough. Let's see. There's a whole bunch here. Let's, I don't, we're, so sorry, we won't be able to get to everybody. Kelly Don. So they volunteer with a local charity, Hosanna Industries, that does service projects for those that need home repairs and cannot afford them. Um, that is super cool. Yeah. 
Awesome. So plumbing. M- more more there. Go Living. go check it out in the uh, in the Facebook group. And this week's question of the week is: How does your home builder celebrate the season? <laughs> What I mean by that is, what do you guys do differently uh, around the holidays? Do you just let it let it ride? Everything stays the same. I know a lot of builders who do a lot with communities or models. So I'll give some examples here. You know, where they will put up a Christmas tree or a decorated tree in all the models. They'll put up exterior lights on the entry monuments or in the model home. Um, play holiday music, offer cocoa. So a lot of model based things. Um, in the past, as a builder, we would have a holiday light contest that anyone in any of our neighborhoods, present or or past could enter and post those on social media and and then we would vote on the best one and, and give prizes i don't know if you guys have santa claus come visit that's kind I think of that's a, common with the p- pictures santa claus picture mm-hmm. free picture day get them in a model yeah sure but anything else that you guys are doing that you want to share uh or or talk about we would love to hear how do you guys celebrate the season with your prospects with your homeowners with your company all right that'll do it for this week for published articles blog posts videos and more check out duconvert.com And it's also the best way to find out how to connect with all of the DoConvert team on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the like. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. 